Welcome back to another episode of Fulfilled the Podcast. You know those coaches about money who only talk about math, who kind of keep it simple and just talk about how as long as you work more and spend less, you'll be able to work your way out of debt? Well, my guest this week is not one of those coaches. Allie, better known as at the Debt Free Nurse on Instagram, is a picky nurse turned educator who, after paying off her student loans and credit cards, decided to start her own business coaching other nurses so that they could do the same. Allie combines practical knowledge, habits, mindset tips, and a little bit of woo-woo to help nurses to align their spending with their values and so that they will feel confident with finances. This helps them so that they can pay off debt and save money without sacrificing all of the things that they love. Allie is a dog mama, a lover of travel, and she has a glow that shines through the internet, through her teachings and content that she shares online. I am so proud to share this conversation with Allie, where we get vulnerable and talk about things like therapy, healing, living in alignment, and finding balance, because the most aggressive plan is not always the shortest path out of debt. Hi, I'm Tracy, an impassioned lady on a quest to slay working motherhood and find fulfillment. I'm here to help you navigate the beautiful and damned in the life of a working mom. I'm a PA, mom, wife, and lover of fashion who is guiding my fellow working moms to ditch the dread and find fulfillment in the wonder and the war zone that is modern motherhood. I teach you the clinical pearls you need to create a life you love, pearls you can apply today to change your life tomorrow. Skirt around those heavy real life topics? No way. Here you'll get an unfiltered ringside seat. You'll hear about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Parenting, step-parenting, marriage, motherhood, faith, and finances are all topics we will sit down and unpack together. Think of this as your one-stop shop for all the motivation and encouragement you need to help navigate working motherhood. Each week, it's like a mom's night out had a baby with a TED Talk. Then the mom's night out went back to work. Pull up a seat, get settled, and get ready to be inspired and encouraged. This is Fulfilled, the podcast. Allie, thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. Please take a minute to introduce yourself to our listeners. And um, if you're comfortable, tell us what you do outside of nursing and mentoring other nurses about money. So my name is Allie. I am 32 years old. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina now. I have been a nurse for, oh my gosh, six years. Um, I started out in adult ICU and transitioned to the pediatric ICU a little over two years ago. Um, and I love it, but the best part of it is I only work part-time now, which is great. About five years ago, I decided that I wanted to get better with my finances and went on this long journey basically to figure out how to stop being a shopaholic, (laughs) stop working so much overtime. As a new grad nurse, I was working four shifts a week, um, which is over four to five shifts a week, actually, um, and had nothing to show for it. I was $46,000 in debt with student loans. I had over $15,000 of credit card debt when I first moved from California to North Carolina, and I was just tired. I watched my mom growing up um, work a lot of overtime to provide for us. Uh, And I didn't want to do that for myself. And I saw 
how quickly I got burnt out as a nurse, just working the four to five shifts a week. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this. So I found Dave Ramsey at the beginning of my journey and I paid off my $15,000 of credit card debt um, using, I think I used the snowball method. And then I put away all my credit cards. I stopped using them. I used my overtime. I leveraged that to pay off my debt. I cut back um, on groceries and stuff like that. I started uh, shopping at farmer's markets. Um, I stopped going out with friends as much and I started reading some personal finance books. And then I also got really into personal development at the same time. Uh, so after that, I decided that being aggressive was not really the way to go for me. And so I, and I realized it wasn't super sustainable. So I got more into the mindset of money and what's funny is I did the same thing with fitness and nutrition and I went very strict from the beginning and then moved towards, it was when flexible dieting was very popular. Um, So I kind of do the same thing with my money as I did with, or as I do now with my diet and I've been doing that for years. So I compare the two a lot of times. Um, So I ended up paying off $15,000 of credit card debt, $46,000 of student loan debt, Um, The student loan debt, I paid off in 18 months, so like a year and a half. And I also saved $10,000 for a wedding at the same time. And while I was paying off the credit card debt, I wasn't working as much overtime. I utilized uh, working weekends instead of working during the week because it paid extra. And I picked up bonus or premium shifts. And I also did something called respite care. Um, So I earned cash doing that. And I threw all that towards my loan. So I really leveraged... uh, different types of like hours that you could work for nursing and just really figured out how to do this the easiest way that I could without having to sacrifice my time on things that I really enjoyed doing. So I still was going out with friends. I still was, you know, paying for a health and fitness coach at the time. Um, I was still, you know, buying clothes that I wanted to, I just cut back in certain areas. So that's kind of how I got started in personal finance and interested in it. Um, I found that there was a need about I started sharing on Instagram about four years ago that I was paying off my student loans. And then about three years ago, I found that there was, I hired a mentor. I found that there was a need for people wanting to learn more about how I paid off my student loans. Uh, And so I just started sharing with people and people were like, how did you do it? You know, how can I do that? Um, And so I just, I honestly started with 30 minute calls and I was like, Hey, like I can just look at your budget, see what you're doing. I kind of help people with budgeting. And then I was like, I can look at like what your debt is. And we kind of talk about like how to pay off your debt. And I can show you how I did it. So I started with that. And then I became, um, then I want to, I wanted to create a course um, and then started a mentorship program. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. My business is almost three years old officially. And my mentorship program is about two years old. My first run of mentorship was in August of 2019. Um, so I've been around for, a little bit. Um, but I specifically speak to women, uh, because obviously I'm a woman and women identifying people. Um, because I feel like there is a disparity between men and women and personal finance. Um, and also a lot of women, um, we think more with, um, our emotions and less with like our brain because a lot of us are more emotional. Um, it's how we spend money. Um, it's how we invest all of that. So to me, I wanted to speak to women because I like the mindset piece of it. Um, 
and I figured men were not interested in the mindset. <laughs> if that changes, then that might change. Great. But um, so I do that. Uh, and I work part time as a nurse. Um, I have two dogs. We like to go hiking. I spend a lot of time outside. Um, I actually swam in college, so I do still work out a lot. Um, I have a home gym. So I spend a lot of time working out. Um, I like to try new restaurants and new food places. I love sweets. I love traveling. So that's definitely something I always put into my budget because I love doing it. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Long, long version. Awesome. Well, I hear so many um, really important things in you sharing your story that I'd love to kind of dive into a little bit more. So when you're telling me your story, I hear you saying, so I tried the Dave Ramsey plan and on a scale of one to 10, I was a 10. I was super aggressive, like working extra, like we got to like the house is burning down, like this is on fire, let's get this done. And that really didn't feel sustainable to you. Just like I'm going to be a vegan tomorrow doesn't feel sustainable to someone who has not been eating healthy. So then I hear you saying, I went from being aggressive to being more creative and kind of working smarter, not harder. Can you tell me more about what that kind of looked like, felt like for you and how it felt more sustainable when you kind of backed off a little? Yeah. So, um, I took a little bit of a break when I paid off that, um, credit card debt. So it definitely freed up some money for me, but also I had to buy a new car at the same time. Obviously I didn't have to buy a brand new one, but my car went out around the same time. My student loans were due at the same time. So I think it kind of was a wash up when I figured it all out. Um, so I took a little bit of a break. Um, and then when I moved, I said, I'm not working anymore overtime. So I was like, I got to figure this out. I got to figure out a different way to do this. So um, what's funny is when I transferred units, the only job that was available, things just kind of like worked out, which now I kind of, I'm learning that things that are supposed to work out will work out. And something I tell myself all the time and I get little reminders of all the time as well. Um, but when I transferred units, um, I all that was available was a weekend job. So at this hospital, you only worked Saturdays and Sundays. I was working day shift, so I'd work every Saturday, Sunday. Um, and you got $10 more extra an hour to work weekends. I didn't really care about my weekends. It ended up being a big issue because my um, my ex worked Monday through Friday, and then I worked the weekend, so we really never saw each other. But I would pick up one shift during the week to make it maybe full-time, and then that third shift, I wouldn't take anything less than the premium or a bonus shift. So something that the, both the hospitals that I've worked at, they'll offer incentive pay to pick up extra shifts. And because I was considered full-time with the two shifts, um, anything I worked extra, you could either get 100 or $200, depending on where you worked. So I actually picked up in the emergency room. So I was an ICU nurse, and I picked up in the emergency room, which was way out of my comfort zone. And I was taking care of patients that they were holding in the emergency room. So it was like the ER holding area. Do not recommend that. Like, I don't care how much money you pay me. I will never do that again. It was horrible. Um, but I learned a lot of lessons. I was like, this is only for a short period of time. So while I do talk about not sacrificing everything, there are some sacrifices you do need to make. Like you, you need to go out of your comfort zone. You need to figure things out. You need to be a little more creative, especially if you don't want to sacrifice everything. You don't want to be a super aggressive. Um, so that's kind of how I made some extra money. And then this other job kind of fell into my lap. So like 
I wasn't picking up every Wednesday, but I was picking up a good amount to where it kind of offset the cost of like being able to pay extra to my debt. So all of that went to um, my debt. And then I also had another job fall on my lap and it was a respite care job. So it was basically babysitting or um, just kind of like helping out um, a family. And I ended up getting paid cash for that. So obviously I didn't have to report it because it was, I think it was something with the government or, um, and so, uh, I was able to put that all towards my debt. So I didn't even count that into my income. So doing things like that, I was able to increase my income without working harder. And I think a lot of times, especially shift workers, we think that we have to work, you know, the three shifts a week, we have to get the full-time benefits. We have to go do a trap. Like travel is great. Travel assignments are great. Um, my only issue is I don't want to be forced to work full time. I don't want you to tell me what my schedule is. And so a lot of my methods of doing things was because I was like, I don't, I don't really want anyone to tell me what to do. I'm going to figure out on my own. And so I was able to kind of piece together things in order to increase my income. But what I did before that, which I think is really important is I cut my expenses. So I looked in my bank account first. And so what I talk about when, um, or what I call that is like, you're going to find money in your own bank account. And so you're going to stop up the leaks in your account before you go try to work extras or figure out how you're going to get any extra money. Because the problem is if you have money leaking out of your account, it doesn't matter how much more you make, it's going to keep leaking out of your account. So while being creative and trying to figure out other ways to make extra money without killing yourself is really important. You have to do the first that that stuff first because all the extra money needs to be allocated. If that's your goal to pay off debt, that's what that's what you need to do. I think the other thing that I also realized too was that not everyone, not every debt is bad. Um and not not everyone has a goal of paying off debt. So while that might have that was like my goal because I thought it was so bad because that's what I was listening to was like debt is bad like you shouldn't have debt so it's also kind of like what you tell yourself too because what I'm learning now too is if you look at the financial part of it if you're actually looking at the numbers if you get if you buy a car and it's zero percent interest why are you going to pay that off before when you could invest the money and earn 10 to 15 percent in a retirement account it makes no sense. Like just pay your car off in the amount of time or pay whatever off as long as you can afford the payment too. So as long as like, it's not like I need to get rid of this payment so that I can afford things. You also have to look at that too. So just reframing my mindset around like what my act, my actual goals are, not what someone's telling me to do. Really looking at how I want to build my life and how, how I want to achieve those goals without trying to be so aggressive because the thing is one you can't work overtime forever you can't work four or five six shifts a week forever you can't not buy anything forever because you're going to go the opposite way and so I think that's what happened to me was like when I was first initially doing all this I'd be good for a while just like with a diet you'd be good for a while and then all of a sudden you'd blow 100 200 300 dollars and then you'd be like oh now like I can't do this anymore and a lot of people will give up and I think that's the difference between choosing a plan that's more sustainable and doing something that's so rigid and strict that you have no wiggle room at all. And so um, that's kind of how I formed my my ideas of you know what I teach and then also what I do for myself. Um, so I hope that answered your question. Yeah, absolutely. 
Have you ever wished that you could get cash back on your purchases without dealing with introductory rates on credit cards, counting points, and credit card hopping to try to find the best deal? Do you wish that you could earn cash back on the purchases that you are already making? Rakuten has you covered. This cash back button is a browser extension that finds you coupons and earns you cash back on things like your KiwiCo crates for the kids, makeup at Ulta, tech items from Best Buy and Apple, your office supplies from Staples, and clothing from places like Nordstrom and White House Black Market. You can shop, earn, and save with Rakuten. And when you sign up using the link in the show notes, you'll get an instant $30 back after your first qualifying purchase. One of my favorite things about following you on social media is that you are very real. Like you're keeping it real. You're saying, Hey, you know, I've had a rough month. I've been struggling with things. You've walked through harder seasons and things that were really trying for you on a personal level. Um, Would you be willing to share what has helped you during those times when you were dealing with things like walking through divorce or anxiety? How did you cope and how did you kind of keep going through those trials? Yeah. So I am definitely more comfortable talking about it now. There was a podcast that I did that my divorce actually came up a lot in because the person had had a similar situation and I felt very connected to her. That podcast has not launched yet. And so it did get me really out of my comfort zone to talk that much about it. So basically what I knew I had to do. So I had I had had a lot of issues growing up <laughs> that I I went when my parents got divorced, I went to therapy. It helped, but didn't help as much as I thought it would. So I kind of stopped therapy and had kind of a not great taste in my mouth about therapy. And then after I got married, I I kept saying like, I think I need to go to therapy to like work some stuff out. And I never went. And so the first thing when I got separated was like, I need to go to therapy. So I was able to do that pretty quickly. Um, I flew home to California for two-ish weeks after the separation happened. Um, and I got a call within a couple of days that I was like matched with a therapist. So therapy has helped me a ton. Um, I was only doing every other week and I actually didn't jive with my therapist at the time. And I've now since found a therapist who I do actually weekly sessions with, um, who I found when I was struggling a lot with anxiety that had come back. Um, cause I had, I got diagnosed with anxiety and depression in obviously November when all this happened. And I tried a lot of things at the time. In addition to therapy, um, I tried breath work. I was still reading a lot of books. Like I read books about everything. I love personal development books. Um, and then breath work helped a ton. I was doing weekly breath work sessions. What else? I still, I journal a lot. I was journaling every day and my therapist now actually said that a lot of times when we journal, when we wake up or like journal things that are going through our head, it makes it more real. And so a lot of times that stuff that is in our head is not really super real. So she's, she's since had me stop the journaling in the morning and I do more, I guess, problem solving journaling, which has helped a lot. And then I went on a retreat in June. And that was life changing. I, what else? There's a lot that I've done. That's pretty much, I, I mean, working out always helps, but really just talking about things when I was ready to. I didn't feel a lot of pressure at the beginning. I didn't show up for maybe a week or so um, after it happened. And I was still serving my clients. I was still, so all my clients knew because I was like a wreck the first couple of weeks. So they, they all knew. 
um, that I was going through something. I think I took a week off and then I was like, I can, I can keep doing this. And then from there, I think my followers know me well enough that I was not really myself on social media. Um, I kind of backed away a little bit, but was still like posting and still doing stuff. Um, but I think people noticed and I was getting messages and I like vaguely talked about what I was going through. And I said, you know, like I'm going through something like I'll tell you guys when I'm ready. And I never felt pressured to tell anyone, but I always wanted to stay authentic. And that's the thing. When I felt like it was an appropriate time to talk about it, I shared. And I was met with a lot of a lot of grace, a lot of people who were telling me like, thank you. Like it really helped. Like I'm going through the same thing. I probably had 15 women reach out to me and said they were going through the same thing. And since then, since I've been pretty open about like, kind of what happened and how it happened with some people. Um, they have also reached out to me and been like, you know, because of what you told me, I'm now going through this and I feel comfortable reaching out to you. You're the only person I've told. So while my account is mostly personal finance, a lot of people actually didn't even know I was married for the longest time. Um, when I talked, when I first said I was like separated and like I was going through a divorce, there were some people who were like, I had no idea you were married. Separated um, from who? <laughs> yes. So that was kind of funny. But I think just, I think the biggest thing that helped me was like, I just took like one step and then the next step and just really focused on myself. But the thing that I did wrong was I kept kept running and I kept doing all the things that I thought I needed to be doing and showing up. And I hit a wall about a month ago and was like, I can't keep doing this. So I like postponed a launch. I stopped showing up on social media and I actually now have just started getting like more, my creative juices back again. And um, I'm creating more content and feel like I can start sharing again. Um, but for a while, like in the interim, I was sharing more about like my life and like what was going on. And, you know, I think it's been good to show all of it. Um, because I feel like I've kind of created that, um, community with the women that follow me. So I feel like I'm not just like some person that's trying to sell you something or some person that's trying to, you know, like grow a giant social media following. Because what's really interesting is my social media following grew last year before the separation happened. And so it was just very odd how that all happened. And I think someone knew that I needed the support that ended up supporting me the last 10 months. So I definitely recommend therapy, talking to people, reading some books. And um, breathwork has definitely changed my life because I'm someone who's not very good at talking. Um, so talk therapy is hard for me. And so with breathwork, um, what I've been told and what I was able to do too is you release the emotions and your feelings without having to put a name to them. And so a lot of times we hold emotions, feelings, all of that kind of stuff in our body. And breathwork allows those to be released without having to judge them, put a name to them, all that kind of stuff. So that's why that helped me. There were sessions where I would just cry for the whole hour and not really a crier and I like wouldn't know why. But I think it helped. It's helped me be a better coach. It's helped me change my relationship with money. It's helped me change my relationships with people in general. Awesome. Okay. So you teach about, you talked about this a little bit earlier regularly checking your bank accounts. And if you are sort of turning a blind eye that you work with your uh, mentees on to stop ignoring what's happening in the bank account. So you have to get in the habit of looking at it. And also 
kind of to give them the opportunity to create proof that they're not bad with money. So sometimes we have these negative mindsets or things that we're telling ourselves over and over. If someone is listening and they're struggling to see that they either are good with money or have the potential to improve and be good with their money, what do you have to say to that listener? So this is interesting because this was me. So I just had the story. So I teach about this. So there are lots of stories that we tell ourselves. We tell ourselves stories about money. We tell ourselves stories about, you know, how successful we are. We tell ourselves stories about our childhood. We tell, you have a story for everything. Um, And so I used to tell myself I wasn't good with money. I was a shopaholic. Um, I'll never be good with money or, you know, I'll be good with money when I, um, you know, make more money, all of that. And so I feel like there's a lot of um, women in general who have those negative stories around money um, because of things that we were told growing up. Um, A lot of our stories are formed between the ages of obviously birth and five years old. Um, So a lot of times you have to go back all the way to there to figure out where that story came from and show yourself proof that that story is not true. So where where you're able to show yourself the proof is you have to look at your bank account. You know, I like to say daily at the beginning, a lot of people, if they have anxiety looking at their bank account, don't even do it twice a week. So um, with one of my one-on-one mentees, we have gone very slow. Um, and she had, I think she started with one time a week and she would look at her bank account and you have to, you have to create a new story. So one of the things I tell people to say, instead of looking at your bank account and say, oh my gosh, I have no money or, oh my gosh, um, I'm bad with money or like, look at all this money I spent. Is you look at your bank account and you say, I look at my bank account without fear and anxiety. And you say, you express gratitude for the money that's not only coming in, but also going out. One of the things that I changed um, when I was spending money, because obviously we're taught a lot of times, spend less, you know, you don't need to spend any money, like just save all your money, all of that. Um, But I'm under, I'm, I believe that money is an abundant resource and there's always money coming in. It doesn't matter what your hourly wage is, like there's money that can flow in from everywhere. There are things that you can figure out, be creative, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I combine the woo with, with um, the actual technical tips and stuff. Um, and I've gotten more woo since, <laughs> since I've been teaching. So in addition to saying I look at my bank account without fear and anxiety, it's probably one of the most common affirmations that my mentees have loved because so many of us look at our bank account, we just freak out. Um, or they just avoid it, which is what I did. I like was like, ignorance is bliss. Like, I don't care what's in my account until it's negative. And then I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do now. Um, so just like creating the awareness around it was really helpful for me. Um, and then it also shows you the proof that you're not bad with money, or you may need to be a little bit better with money, but it'll show you the proof that there is money coming in. You just have to figure out how to spend it a little differently. So just creating that positive mindset and creating that positive relationship with money instead of the negative relationship with money is really important because so many of us are taught that money is bad and money, you know, money is the root of all evil. And like, it's not good. Like women shouldn't, you know, make a lot of money or like, you know, all of this stuff or, you know, like you shouldn't want to be rich. Like all of that 
is just a negative mindset around money and none of it matters. You just need to create one better, your more improved stories of like what you're actually aligned with. And two, um, you need to have a better relationship with money because it will affect how you spend it, how you save it. And then also how you feel about your money and all of that. Absolutely. I can feel it in my bones. This is the year that you start to make traction toward those big, scary financial goals. If you are looking to trim up your budget, to make progress towards paying off your house, saving for your kid's college, or taking that dream vacation to the tropics, I have just the thing for you. It is a free guide I created of 12 things to quit buying that will save you $15,000 a year. You can find the link in the show notes or go to tracy-bingaman.mykajabi.com slash 12 things. That's tracy-bingaman.mykajabi.com slash 12 things. Get ready to start saving major money and making real traction toward those big financial goals. So let's unpack that woo a little bit. I would love for you to talk about some of these softer skills when it comes to managing money. So I see you posting about manifesting and abundance and money flowing in and flowing out and money as a blessing about spending and living in alignment with what is important and valuable to you, what matters to you and only you and not living with guilt and being sort of free to spend money on things that you value, even if and because your values are going to be different than my values are going to be different than our friends' values. So I think this is a underserved, undervalued part of teaching people about managing money because yes, it is math, but it's also so much more than that. So talk about that manifestation alignment, your soft woo-woo skills. Tell us about that. Okay, so I'm going to, I'll go... So you talked about spending with your values, which that's like a huge thing with what I teach. So I had a big issue with this. So that ter- that phrase was thrown around for quite a while um, in the personal finance and no one was talking about what it meant. Um, and what's interesting is I read a book that has nothing to do with personal finance, but it did finally make me sit down and write down my own personal values. So something it's limitless by Jim Quick and he shows you how to figure out what your core values are as a person. So while before I was teaching how like spending in alignment with your values, so that to me means you need to figure out your core values first, then you can figure out with that value, what things does that look like that you spend money on? So it's one of the things I do with my mentees. So say, so I have four core values, like I pick four. So three of mine are actually related to what I spend money on. And the other one is obviously, so one of them is freedom. So that controls my job. It controls what hours I work. And it's why I'm so creative and flexible in making money because I don't want anyone to tell me what to do. I don't want to not take vacations, all of that. So for me, I have to be in alignment with freedom in order for me to make the money that I want to make and give myself the creative space to find jobs that promote that freedom for me. The other three are, I think, adventure, which if you look at adventure for me, that means I spend on vacations. I like to go like to new restaurants. I like spending time with friends and hiking and doing all that kind of stuff. So like 
spending on things that go back to adventure are really important to me. I think what's another, so like self-care, like health, that's huge to me. And it's something that I never cut out, even when I was super strict. So I always had a coach and I always spent money on healthy food. It didn't matter how much I made. It didn't how much matter how much money I was putting towards debt. I always made sure that I was eating healthy. I still, you know, like bought things like for my gym and all that. So that was, those were like my non-negotiables with things that, so when you're looking at those, you also need to look at how much extra money you actually have to put towards those. So while you're paying off debt, so look at your, your goals first. So if your goal is to pay off debt, then maybe only pick from one of those categories. So maybe look at one of your values. That's maybe the most important or pick one thing from each of those categories of your four values. So basically sit down, write your four core values down, and then what does it look like to spend on stuff in that in that core value category? And then you could either pick one thing from each thing, or you could pick a category, depending on how much extra money you have, or money that you're going to set aside to do. So when you already set aside the money to do that too, you're taking away the guilt from doing it, and you're already setting it aside, so then it's not going to go to somewhere else. So that's really important. The other thing, so we'll move away from that and talk about manifesting in abundance and living in alignment. So what's actually really funny is I went on a, I told this story, I think in my last group of mentorship, I went on a retreat and it was an energy healing retreat in Sedona in June. It was way more expensive than what I probably would have ever spent on a trip. We got seven days of like, there was a vegan chef, like there were excursions, like it was, and the flight was not included. So I had to pay for the flight and I paid for the whole trip. Trip was probably one of the best trips I've ever been on. Um, it was really awesome. Um, I had no idea how I was going to afford it. So I ended up paying for the trip, obviously. And then I was like, okay, well, hopefully I'll just make enough, you know, from work and like my clients and all that to end up paying for it. So I increased my prices for one-on-one and I got two people immediately that signed up for one-on-one. So that was almost the full amount of what I paid. Then on the way back, my mom ended up giving me money for something and it was about $1,000. Then I got an email on the way back. Um, I had done some TikTok videos for a company and they reached out to me in January And we're like, hey, will you make these TikTok videos? We'll pay you X amount, blah, 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 blah. Never heard back from them, even though I sent them the videos. On the way back from the trip, hey, can we like send you this W9? We want to pay you. (laughs) So, and I've had a lot of things like that happen to me. So I do believe that when you're following the things that you, like the little nudges you get, I always say that this is terrible because I tell people to change their stories all the time. Uh, But I tell myself that I'm not good at listening to my intuition. Well, my intuition led me to that retreat. And I met some amazing people there. And then all of that stuff happened right after. So I am a firm believer that when you follow that intuition, the money will come, especially if you're spending on something. So basically what it means to be in alignment too is, you know, you're spending, you're investing in something and the money will come. You have to believe that the money is going to come back to you in some way. So that means if you're investing in a program, if you're investing in a mentor, um, and that's why so many of my mentees have found so much money or like I had one that started a business and her family is making 
a ton more money. She quit her nursing job. Her husband got all of these like brand deals and everything. And I didn't even show them how to do it. I just told them what was possible and they made all the money back. And it was well, well over what they invested in the program. And she was very skeptical to make the investment in my program. So that's also very hard to show someone though, unless they're actually living it. So you have to have the faith to take that leap of faith, whether it's quitting your job, whether it's starting a business, whether it's investing in a program, whether that's another example is my apartment is way more than what I wanted to budget for my apartment. It was the first one I looked at and I was like, I need to make this work. I've made it work every month. And as much as I was very scared of being separated and going from two incomes to one income, I have no idea how I made it work. And so I think just having that faith and taking those steps, it never gets easier, but you, you keep having to do it. And then you'll just, you'll keep getting signs and you'll keep getting proof. Just like when you look at your bank account, you'll get, keep getting proof that someone is out there kind of helping you with this and, and it will all work out in your favor. And that's something really hard to teach. And it's something really hard to get people to understand. But I am definitely living proof of that. And a lot of my mentees are as well, which is really cool. So that kind of explained some of it. Yeah. And I do think that some of those experiences, you do have to live it. You have to see it to believe it. And you aren't gonna, you might say like, oh, that sounds great for you. But until you experience it and walk through it, it's not going to be as powerful in your life until you kind of take the leap or, you know, walk out in faith and say, you know, I'm doing this. I feel led. I feel called. I feel nudged, whatever you say, but that the universe, God, whoever you believe in and whatever you think is guiding you and just looking out for your future and your prosperity. And that is so powerful. Like if we could internalize that and believe that things would be okay, it would change the whole world. It would change the way that you show up every day. If we can just understand that it's going to work out. It's so powerful. And what's interesting is even when I was so bad with money, money always showed up. And I didn't even believe that. So like I would either go sell something, I would, it, it always shows up. And so while I'm not telling you to be irresponsible with money, you really have to figure out and get in tune with your intuition and really follow that. And once you do that, but you also put the tactical, the math part of it there as well, and and you create those habits to be better with money. That's the powerful combination. And that's why I think my, my coaching has been different. And that's why I feel like my mentees have such great success because I combine those habits with that mindset. Because if you, if you keep having the scarcity mindset and believe that like you can never spend money and money is never like, there's never enough money, then you're gonna keep yourself in that mindset of like, I'm never going to have enough money. You know, I'm always going to be broke and you're not going to be able to see those opportunities, those jobs, those, those things that will get you that extra money that you deserve. And that, that will push you to the next level of you being financially independent. So it has to be both of them. I can't just be one. I feel like the tagline for your program should be 
like the intersection of math and mindset and manifestation, just because it's lots of alliteration. I love that. (laughs) So before we sign off, could you let everyone know what is coming soon for you, what they can look out in the future um, to come from your coaching and mentoring and where they can go um, to connect with you online? Yeah. So first of all, I am at the underscore debt-free nurse on Instagram and on TikTok. I haven't actually posted TikTok in a while. TikTok takes a lot of brain power and creativity. And for right now, I'm not there, but I do hang out on both platforms and I respond to every message. So anyone who has questions, they can message me there. Um, My website is www.savingwithoutsacrifice.com. I house two courses there. I have a money course, which goes over all the basics of everything money. Um, And I also have a mindset course, which I love. There's also a meditation, a breathwork and meditation session in there too, for abundance. So those are available all the time. I do have a group program that usually runs three to four times per year. I probably won't run it again this year. Um, I was going to run it in August, but just some things happened and I don't think it would be good to run it in like over Christmas um, or in the holidays. So probably hopefully open one up in January. Um, But I do open spots for one-on-one coaching as well. So that's where you can find me and things I offer. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing um, your teaching and your time with us. I know that this conversation is powerful and it's going to definitely move some people when it is out in the world. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Until next time, keep on slaying your own fire-breathing dragons. Thank you so much for hitting play on another episode of Fulfilled, the podcast. I have a favor to ask. If you like what you heard today, please tell your friends. Take a screenshot and share it on social. You can tag me on Instagram at Mrs. Tracy Bingaman, and you can tag the podcast at Fulfilled Podcast. And please consider leaving a review. I'd love to hear what you think, and your reviews can help other moms find me so they can grow alongside you. Oh, I almost forgot. Don't forget to subscribe so you get next week's episode automatically in your podcast queue. Instant inspiration and all the mom jokes? Yes, please. We'll see you next week on Fulfilled, the podcast.